Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I am super excited for today's guest. Christine Gutierrez is a psychotherapist. She is an advice columnist, speaker, author, poet, and founder of CosmicLife.com, which is an online hub that features savvy and soulful advice, articles, video, private consultations, workshops, and even retreats. So she is way cool. She's the founder of a nonprofit, Therapy is Cool, founded in Puerto Rico, where the mission is to empower, educate, and share resources with the marginalized youth and women communities in the Latino community. So she's way cool. She's breaking stigmas and taking therapy to the next level and fusing it with ancient wisdom and modern psychology. And so it's a huge honor to be talking to you today, Christine. Thank you. Hi, thanks for having me and thank you for my great intro. Yay. Okay, cool. Well, I have a lot I want to cover with you today. So let's start from the beginning and kind of zoom the lens back with your journey and how I would say that you live in your own version of the wellness wonderland. So how did you get there and start to do this empowering work? Awesome. Um, So since as early as I can remember um, from being a kid, I always had a really deep connection to, I would say, suffering and in particular people suffering. I was a very sensitive child and I was very aware of the fact that um, I wanted people to feel better. I wanted to make their pain go away. And um, I would walk around and see animals and see people. And I remember always talking about it with my mom and, and really really delving into the fact that I knew that there was a way that love could heal that. And I knew that I wanted to be part of that. So um, I began that um, journey. And I kind of would say I was born with that desire to heal. And I continued on and I studied uh, psychology in my undergrad. And I continued on and got my master's. And I was very clear that I would use my love and use my tools that I learned um, in school to help heal and to help people feel better and alleviate suffering. Mm, That's beautiful. So did you know right away that you wanted to take that deep knowledge as a child? And did you know that you would eventually turn that into a career someday? Um, I don't think consciously I knew that, but I always knew that that's what I like. Um, I, I wrote poems from a very early age and I, I, I was obsessed with helping people. I just wanted to really make people happy. And, and, and I was very curious about figuring out why people were the way they were and wanting to be part of um, knowing the answers why. And I, I always compare it to a child that just really loves music. They might not even know that a career exists because there's probably what not, they're, they're probably not thinking about that as a child but their extreme passion towards it eventually leads them and guides them to 
to do a career in it. So I feel very similar to that. It was uh, something I was born with and I just continuously listened to that desire to help and to heal and let that guide me into being um, and doing this as my career. Mm, I love that. So what's, what's unique about what you do compared to other therapists or other coaches? Um, I think that's a really good question. Everyone is very unique in their offerings, right? We all are coming from a different background and a different um, framework and our souls and our psyches and our personalities are just so different. And obviously anything that we do is going to uh, be from that place of our, our uniqueness. And so I would say that for myself, I have an interesting take on therapy in that it's very down to earth and it's very actionable. Uh, traditional therapy is usually a little bit more removed. And I would say the therapist is a little bit less engaged in giving feedback. And as therapy is taking on a new shape and as it's progressing and as coaching started becoming more popular, people really started to get a little bit more flexible and a little bit more personal. Um, and I would say more loving. And um, what I like to do is I combine ancient wisdom and that looks like uh, principles of divine uh, feminine spirituality, like the goddess archetype, mindfulness techniques like meditation and breath work, even the concept of discussing that there's something more out there or that kind of stillness and peacefulness and including that in my talk therapy and including that in my coaching. So I would say that that's uh, my unique take on my approach. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So I'd love if you could talk about some of the biggest shifts you've seen in some of the clients that you've worked with, maybe a couple examples. Yeah, great. Um, so one of the things that I love working on most with my clients is most women come to me and the women that come to me are usually women that are wanting to have deeper sense of self-esteem. They're women that maybe um, have gone through some kind of abuse, um, whether physical, verbal, or even just self-sabotaging themselves, right? Not necessarily abuse from someone else, but women that maybe have abused themselves in some way, right? And so these women usually come in and they're just wanting and craving a different way to do things so that they can live a happier and healthier life. And so through the work, I can share my most recent um, group that I've done. I put together a group coaching program called Fierce Love. And it was specifically for helping women develop a healthier relationship with themselves so that they can have healthier love relationships. And it has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the women have come in and we're really feeling frazzled and they have started to, instead of reaching out to validate themselves in the comfort of someone else's arms, they've learned to do that for themselves. They've learned to fill themselves up with light is one of the tools that I gave them. Um, they've learned to put in a healthy behavior that nourishes themselves first so that they can know if it's a true desire that they're seeking by asking, you know, let's say a guy for uh, something or if it's something coming from that needy place. And so they've had immense shifts from just doing this group coaching program. So that, that was something really fun and, and cool to witness all these amazing women just really having deeper self-love and in turn having uh, deeper and healthier relationships with their romantic partners. 
Mm, that's awesome. So I'd love to stay on that topic a little bit about relationships and dive in there a little bit and maybe to give some takeaways to the people listening. So what would be a lesson for opening yourself up to being really willing to fully be in a relationship or to call one into your life, depending on where you are? Love, love, love this question. And I'm sure people will love this question too. Um, The number one thing is you cannot escape you. You are you. You will be with you always and forever. And so it's not about the, the, the common misconception that a lot of new age spirituality whips out saying you have to fully love yourself before you can attract someone. That's not necessarily true. But what I would say is, is that you will always have you. So might as well love yourself up as much as you can right now, but not so that you can attract someone. Because the truth is, is that relationships are there to help you love yourself deeper as well. And so just like a best friend that you meet, they might be like, you know, I love you so much and I think you're perfect despite your flaws. And through that love, you might be able to love yourself even deeper. The problem becomes when we rely on those validations from the outside to validate our own self-worth, right? So I would say start loving yourself now by doing things for yourself that make you happy. So a simple tool that I can um, give is to fill yourself with light. And so what I mean by that is literally visualizing light filling up your body, your vessel, and imagining that being the energy that you need to feel happy, confident, full, right? So when we seek things on the outside, like a relationship or anything, it's usually from a place of an empty. I feel so lonely or I feel a void. And from that place, you're not really feeling happy or lit up. So what I would say is you can still have that desire, but fill up your vessel first with that light. And an easy tool is just to visualize the light filling you. Wait till you feel full of that light and then reach out and then allow that uh, relationship to show up. Mm, Such great advice. I love that takeaway. And what a cool perspective on what you said about not having necessarily having to wait until you fully love yourself, but allowing the people and the relationships in your life to help you get there. I think that's really cool. Yeah, because I think, you know, there it, it, it doesn't mean that, yes, you do have to love yourself in order to attract healthy love. Absolutely. Right. But there's women, especially in the self-help world or personal development world, tend to be very hard on themselves. And it's actually not what this is meant to do. In fact, what we want is to be more gentle with ourselves. And that means loving ourselves despite our flaws. That's true love is we will never be perfect on this earth, which is why we're in a body. If not, we would just be walking angels, (laughs) but we're in a body to experience, you know, this flawed kind of love. And that means that we must love ourselves in our, in our beautiful, messy flaws And in doing that, we also invite others to love us despite our flaws. Um, That will never go away, but that doesn't mean that we let go of that idea of loving ourselves more fully every day because that is our goal. To love ourselves more fully also means loving ourselves with all of our flaws because that's who we are. We're perfectly imperfect. 
I love that. So what about flawed relationships then? So what advice do you have for people who maybe are in a relationship that that is flawed? I mean, all relationships probably are at some level, but what advice do you have for people maybe going through a breakup or a divorce or knowing that a relationship just isn't right for them and they are ready to end it or to go their separate ways? Um, amazing question. I think that at some point in everyone's life, most people I would say that I have encountered have gone through some kind of relationship that progresses into another form, right? Whether that means a breakup or um, a marriage, either way, relationships are constantly growing and, and uh, taking different forms. And I would say that, again, it comes back to giving yourself the time to spend with your soul voice and with your own intuition. The more we know ourselves and the more we know our needs, the easier it becomes to trust ourselves in the decisions that we make. So usually we feel frazzled and confused about what choices we make, including should I break up? Should I stay with this guy? Should I learn? Um, because we are not in tune with our own needs and desires, AKA our intuition. So I would say spend some time alone um, in whatever the way that works for you, whether that's writing, whether that's meditating, sit with a candle, sit with yourself and ask your soul voice, soul, what would you have me learn right now? What is it that you feel is best for my highest development of myself? What would serve me best right now? And then listen to that answer and let that answer guide you to what to do in that relationship. Oh, so good. I'm just loving all this. So you talk a lot about dancing, and we're kind of mentioning this right now, but dancing among the chaos of life and why that's important and maybe what are some tools to do that? Yeah, so to, absolutely. So that is my perspective is that I don't like things to get too fluffy or too new age and we're going to, you know, everything's going to be perfect because I think that that creates very high expectations on the psyche and creates a stressful environment for our bodies and minds to progress. What we really need is very realistic expectations so that we can, not to say that we're not going to have the most amazing life ever, right? But in accepting that we might not and being at peace with that, ironically, we, we, we make room for even more magic than we can imagine. And so dancing in the chaos for me means being able to be okay with anything that happens because you trust yourself that much that you know that no matter what, you will be okay. And so no matter what comes your way, there's certain things that you will not be able to control in life. There's illness that comes. There's, there's, there's people that die. There's things that happen. There's snow. There's rain. There's life has its own flow. And so if we can learn to dance throughout all those seasons better and know that we will be okay and we will thrive, then we will be happier and more at peace no matter what happens. And uh, that's the same in any area of our life. We can always look at you know, our areas of our life as seasons. There's moments that are easier and it's very easy for people to be very comfortable in the happy moments because things are great. When things are great, we have nothing to worry about. So why not accept that there is this nature to life that means we must struggle and grow and and change and and things come our way that are unexpected but 
learning to prepare and trust ourselves throughout any moment allows us to have a happier, more fulfilled, realistic life. Mm, so good. So what tools do you teach? And I think we've kind of discussed them a little bit, but just to get super specific and clear for people, what tools do you teach for helping people stay super centered and just feel centered and, you know, just to stay dancing in that chaos? Um, one thing that has helped me and my clients is accepting that that is the nature of the universe. Like if you really, really, really accept that, that it's not about it being perfect because we would be angels then, but to accept that there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with life. And then you're not always attracting bad things to you that That's a very healthy perspective to embrace. I love that. That's super, that's tough for a lot of people because so many of us tend to be perfectionists and tend to want to gravitate towards that. So I think this is just super great information for everyone to hear, to kind of get that tune up. Yeah, I would say that that perspective shift is very helpful. And then an actionable thing that I would say is Spend time asking yourself questions like, what is it that my higher self needs right now? What is it that my soul is desiring right now? And uh, one of the things that I say is your soul always knows, right? So in the silence, create a moment of silence and tune in to hear you, the core of you, the deeper you, in, 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 in. So in that you lose sight of everything around you and it's just you and that spark, that soul. And ask that part of yourself, what is it that you want to learn right now? What is it that you're needing to be the best self in this body? And allow that information to guide your choices. So what I, what I do is let's give a practical example of that. So right now, let's say I ask myself, soul, what is it? I, I light a candle. I sit down with myself and I say, what is it that you would want me to learn? And it's, let's say it says deeper self-love, right? Then I ask myself, what does that look like for me? Not what a book says, not what anyone says, but what does that look like for me? And then she might say something like, um, do something you've always wanted to do that you were scared to do. And maybe for me, that's, I don't know, signing up for a guitar lesson, right? Maybe that means being able to conquer my fear of sleeping alone, which once upon a time, that was a fear of mine. And being able to hear that and then doing things in your everyday life to actually support that soul mission. So it's about listening and then acting on it. Because if we just listen, 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 and we don't act on it, then things won't be birthed into life. So it's the spiritual plus the practical. So Listen to what your soul wants and then make an action step to make that happen. Mm, so good. I love that practice. That's such a practical thing that people can do and take away from this. So shifting our conversation a little bit to business and you building your business and a lot of like stuff comes up for you with that. So how do you, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned with starting your own business and marketing yourself? Um, I absolutely love having my own business. I love that my business is what I love to do. It's, you know, it doesn't even feel like work really. It just feels like, I'm sure like what you feel like doing these interviews and doing these things. It's just when it, when it comes from a place that you know that this is what you were meant to do, 
then you will find the way to serve and continue to serve. I would say that make sure you're doing something that comes a from your heart and soul, not what you think things should look like or should be like and give yourself permission to, to go at your own pace, but constantly ask yourself, where do I need to grow? Right? So you can't compare yourself with anyone else. I would say is a big lesson. And I think asking yourself how you can grow constantly, like doing your own check-ins, how can I grow? What am I avoiding? How can I make, how can I improve? And then again, doing something practical to do that. So if it says budget better, then sign up for a class with the small business association to budget better. Right. Um, another tip I would say is finding a mentor. A big part of me being successful is that I have a natural ability to, to go towards the people that I know are doing what I want and present myself as a leader while simultaneously serving them. So I think that if you, you know, if you're in whatever profession you're in and you are thinking to start your own business or you already have your own business, look to people that are doing similar things and present yourself knowing that you have exactly what they have to do it. But if you're learning from them, present yourself as a humble student that knows that she's also a leader. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a very old school approach that I think works and it makes people feel really honored, loved, respected as a valuable teacher, but you're also coming with that same light that they have. And and then they respect you and they want to help you. I think that's such a healthy mentoring mentee relationship because it's so easy that that type of mentor relationship can be very one-sided for a lot of people. And I just think that's not very healthy. And and you can really look to the people who are doing what you want to do and not in a jealous way, but in a way of very, very authentic of saying, I admire that light in you because it might be in me unawakened, right? And really looking at that and saying, what can I give? How can I serve you? Instead of just being so focused on what can I get from you? Really shifting that focus to how can you give? They're going to trust you and love you and you will just learn from them. So I think that's a really great point. And keep in mind what you might be able to get from them. I, I mean, you know, no one really talks about that part, but, you know, all the women in our spiritual community, most of them I know and, and have spoken to, um, you know, the women that we all consider leaders and, you know, people that come up to me and most of the people that are my mentees and that I really take on are because they know that they have something to give to me, but they also have something to get from me, right? But the giving outweighs the getting, And that the intention is that you want to have a mutual relationship of giving. And so in the beginning, if you know that someone is farther along in their career, then of course you're positioning yourself as I'm going to serve you. But yeah, you also know, yeah, I would like to, but I'm not, that's not the reason why I'm doing it, right? I would like to see this happen, have your dreams, have your goals, but let that not be the reason why you do something. Mm Because I was very clear that I wanted to you know, get help for my mentor and, and have her bring me to the next level of my success financially and with connections. I knew that, but that wasn't the reason why I was doing it. And she knew that too. So then it's not shady or weird because we're all on the same page. <laughs> she knows what I want. I know what she wants, but my, my giving outweighs the getting, like you said. Yeah. So is that a conversation that you think that is really great to have to bring that authenticity so there's no confusion there with a the mentor. It's probably pretty 
clear, but um, if they know what your ambition is, but is that something that you would advise people to just be really clear with their mentors on? Um, I would say it's just like any relationship, you know, you don't want to say too much sometimes too soon. You want to really go with the flow and, and develop that relationship, you know, like being that friendship aspect of it and not necessarily setting boundaries in that way too soon. You really want to see what, how the relationship will naturally take form as well. You know, um, I, I would say sharing your ambitions is never a bad thing because you're inviting someone into your own personal vision and you're not making it be your mentor's responsibility. You're just sharing what your dreams are. And I think that's a beautiful thing to do. So I would say share your dreams with anyone and everyone that you can. I think that's such great sound advice. And I think that that's really important for people to, because like me, my natural tendency is just to put it all out there right away. But I really actually liked what you said about letting the friendship and the relationship take that natural form. And, and you, like, you know, you intuitively know yeah. when the right time to bring those things up. And then just also being authentic about what it is that you do want. And as a friend, that type of thing will just come up. They'll want to know about you and that's part of you. So that yeah. will just be part of it. I call it like the brujita powers, which is like, it means like little witch in, in Spanish, but in a cute way. So it's like, it's like that, you know, very intuitive, wise woman kind of relationship is really led by that intuition. And it's, a, it's again, that dance of waiting for the right moment and listening and knowing that you're worthy of every beautiful thing to happen. But the relationship itself is developing and taking course. And as it grows, then you also get information on how you can help each other further. And as it grows and grows and you feel that you're really helping and bringing value to that person's life and they're helping you, then you start to see possibilities sprout up, right? So if have you ever met a person and you're just like, oh, like, I would love to do this thing with you, right? But depending on the level of success that, that person has, you have to honor that and know that you are equal and worthy to that. But it's, you don't want to just like come in there like asking for things or just saying what you want and need because you know how many people are doing that? You want to be different. You know, you want to stand out. Mm. So good. This advice is just so amazing. So now I want to get personal with you, with Christine. And I think it would be really cool for people to learn about some things that you do in your life and how what works for you and your soul voice and how they can kind of use that as an example as an, and as inspiration for themselves. So um, first I want to ask you, where and when do you hear your intuition or your soul voice or your ing the loudest usually when I'm in a nice hot shower with my music playing on my Pandora <laughs> I love that me too it's the best <laughs> and I literally pop my head out of the shower and like I drive my phone and I pat it thoughts so yeah I love that I love that I could completely relate so much so staying on this personal topic so this is like my favorite question to ask. Can you walk us through your morning routines and some specifics of how you start your day and why that's important for how the rest of the day goes? Maybe like the first uh, four or five things you do in the morning. One of the first things I do in the morning is I, I usually feel that morning and night are the most sacred times that I tend to either hear my love voice or the fear voice loudest. And it's a really good check-in point to know where I'm at and what I need emotionally. So I really value those two times a lot. 
Um, in the morning, one of the first things I do is I tell myself, what is it that you want to do today to make yourself happy? And it's a question that I ask myself like almost immediately when I wake up. And I usually give myself something to motivate myself. I don't know how to explain it other than like, I get, ex I think of something in my head that I'm excited for, for the day. And I let that energy like pop me out of bed. Um, so usually yeah. it's something simple, like me making my tea makes me really excited to get up. I'm like, mm, another morning I get to go take a shower and make tea. So I think about that and it, for some reason that like lifts me out of bed very happy. So, um, you know, even having like my teas that I get excited for and just like being able to like wake up and know that I'm going to put on my, my nice tea with my nice almond milk and my fresh honey. It makes me really excited. It's something so simple. It sounds so silly, but, um, that's definitely one of the first things that I do showering, uh, my bath time is very sacred, so having a really nice shower and playing my music is another part of my morning. I always, then after that, after I sit down and have my tea, um, I'll usually write down what I'm going to do, like my my things. And it's always a mixture of fun and am I, am I doing the priorities that I have for my soul? is my, my, my constant question. And it comes almost naturally. So it's not like I'm doing this, like asking myself really, but that comes naturally to me now. But if I was to go back, you know, maybe a year, that would have been the question that I started with. Like, am I doing the things and am, am I making my soul's requests a priority in my day? And so my to-do list always reflects that. So if that's like, you know, going to the gym, cause my soul told me to have more routine with that, then that's what would be on that list. Right or making phone calls, or having that budget, you know, I would make sure that my to-do list reflects the things that my soul is desiring and, and needing to be happy and healthy. And then I go to my emails and look through my emails and, and the start. Starts. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'd like to turn that around, and you kind of alluded to this being a really sacred time too for you, but let's talk about the evening routines and evening rituals that you have. Again, maybe like the last four or five things you do in the evening. I usually read something spiritual um, and I usually, you know, or read quotes. I'll look up nice quotes. I've been writing a lot of poetry lately, so I've been just writing and um, again, my bath time. And usually at night, I turn off all the lights in the bathroom, light a candle um, play more mystical kind of meditation music versus in the morning I play like more relaxing, sweet kind of meditation music. And, and then I'll sit after the shower and I'll sit butt naked, put a little towel on the, on my rug and put another towel over me. And I literally just sit there and meditate and, um, and then I get dressed and I put my oils on my body, um, whatever nice oils I have or nice lotion, like a really good lotion or oil that I enjoy putting on my body, almost like a, an art, you know, like really adorning my body with these oils and, um, picking out really nice, pretty pajamas that again, make me feel good. Just, I, I, I think I just pick little things that like make me feel really good. And those are like my music, my nice oils, my new, my hot showers, my candles are a big part of my morning and night. I love my candles. Me too. I love candles. I go through them so quickly. Yeah, love them. Um, so what is your, the, the morning and evening rituals sound amazing and great. And you probably 
keep that energy and that synergy that you build throughout the day as you do your work and your daily life. But what is your favorite part about how you've designed your life? I think that like, I'm not really, I don't, I don't make myself do anything. Like, it's not like I wake up and I'm like, I have to have a morning routine or I have to have, like, it's even a funny question to think of for me. You know, I think that the, the feeling that gives me most peace is that I honestly, genuinely listen to what my soul needs for that day. And I ask myself what I need. And it's like a personal journey inward that I ask. Um, and I say that because a lot of the time, I think that, again, a lot of the work that we do is beautiful and amazing, but it puts a pressure on people. And people are like, I have to do this. I have to do that, right? That right. has to takes away the whole point of doing the routine in the first place. So then you lose, you fail, you know? So I think that one of the things that I love about myself and my routine is that I let it be guided by my soul versus making it like a have to. So it's a very healthy way to do it, I think. Yeah, I love that. And it's like with anything, you know, anything that stresses you out is bad for you anyways. So exactly. exactly. And make it fun and, you know, do every. It's different every day. Like some some days, you know, I decide that I just I want to go out before I go to bed and then I get home and I'm exhausted and all I have time to do is brush my teeth and take a shower and go to bed, you know. But right. as long as I'm filling myself up with light and I'm doing things that honor my soul, then I'm a happy girl. I love that. So... You do so much, you know, you're, you're doing so much and you're helping so many people. How do you stay organized to fully show up for every part of your life? And do you have any practical tips on really being present and able to get so much done? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I've gotten so much better with organization over the years. Um, I'm definitely a more creative type and I do function in my... I get a lot done, right? So I have my master's very early on. So there's a very hardworking, motivated part of me, but I didn't necessarily translate well into keeping my times with people or things like that. And it's something that I'm getting and continuing to get better with. And one of the things that has helped me so much is I love writing it down. I write it down in my notebook and then I put a reminder in my uh, my iPhone with a alarm that also syncs to my online uh gmail calendar so they're both synced and i have alarms so it reminds me literally i also recently hired an assistant to help me out with my schedule which also helps um so asking people for help when you need it uh having a a, a to-do list that's very reasonable for your day and really looking at how much time it will take you to get from place to place i think is a very realistic thing to do and being able to say no if you know that it's gonna be too tight and that's, you know, that's a, a, a game that you'll play and you'll, you'll get used to being able to know a little bit better and feel more comfortable and be like, oh, you know what? I have too much going on during this time, so I'm only allowing myself to do X, Y, and Z, right? So uh, being able to say no to things based on the priorities that you have set for yourself. So just sit down, look at what time of your life you're in, where are you at with your business, what are your priorities, and make sure that you do some of those every single day. I love that. So what, what is something in your life that you're doing that you're afraid of, but you're pushing yourself to do anyways? Um, I think one of the biggest things is being able to put myself out there and continue to put myself out there in bigger ways. It's not necessarily that I'm afraid of it, but I think that it's something that I, I can feel myself leaping into more 
And um, it's, for example, I, I just got signed with um, a, a top talent agency that represents, you know, therapists or spiritual leaders. And they'll be presenting me to different networks on TV and like Oxygen or Oprah and MTV are some of the ones that they pitch to. And I don't love, you know, being on camera necessarily, but I feel excited about doing it because it's a big platform. And I know that that's where my voice is needed. And so although I don't maybe love looking at myself on camera, I do it anyway because I know that the message is bigger than me. And so I'm doing it. I'm just doing it anyway. <laughs> I love that. It's the perfect answer to that question. So you started to talk about this a little bit. Congratulations. That sounds amazing. But what are what's next for you? What are you most excited about in your life right now? I'm so, so excited about the fact that I finally have my offerings that are exactly what I've always wanted them to be. And so I think a lot of times in people's businesses, you, you, you're, you're like, you know that there's going to be a point where it's what I want to offer. That makes perfect sense. It includes everything I love and it's so helpful to people and it actually works, you know, and you get excited when you finally hit, hit that ding, 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 you hit the, the sweet spot. Yay. So, yeah. So I think I, I've, I've found that and I'm continuously getting deeper and deeper and sweeter and sweeter into that spot. And so, you know, with my one-on-one six-month program, um, I'm doing, uh, as of now, three times a year, uh, group coaching, uh, which is virtual and live. So the recent one was the Fierce Love group coaching program, which is amazing. My annual goddess retreat held in Puerto Rico. And the next one is uh, in July of 2014. And then I have a, a secret sisterhood that it's by invite only. I don't even promote it. And it's just, it's just amazing that those things, it, it, it sounds so simple on the outside, but every person that has their business knows that they're just waiting for it to come together. And it really has. And I would say, you know, of course, what's next is I'll be on TV a lot more. Um, and I'll be, I've been, you know, featured in a lot of more magazines. So a lot more, uh, public, uh, collaborations with uh, big organizations and media platforms. And, and of course, uh, a book is in the very, very near future as well. Oh my gosh, oh my I'm so excited for all of those things for you. It's just amazing. I can't wait to see you on TV and read your book. I'm so excited too. <laughs> Yay. Okay, cool. Well, let's wrap up with some quick fire questions. Are you ready for them? Yes. Okay, so just say like the first thing that comes to your mind. Sounds good. I love it. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Favorite color? Purple. Favorite day of the week? Sunday. Favorite way to exercise? Dance. Favorite hour of the day? Mm, evening. Favorite thing to have for breakfast? Tea. <laughs> Favorite vegetable? Uh, hmm. Kale? Eggplant? I don't know. <laughs> Those are good. Favorite fruit? Any berries. I love berries. Favorite vacation? Tropical. Favorite way to relax? Mm, stillness. What's the best meal you've eaten recently? Let's say like the last week. Mm, last week. Um... It's a really yummy one. I don't know if it was the last week, but one that I'm thinking of, I had the most delicious, delicious Brussels sprouts. I went out to dinner with my parents and it was 
amazing. These like crispy little toasty Brussels sprouts with this, this like chipotle kind of sauce on the side. Mm, so good. Yeah, that yeah. sounds super good. Making me hungry. So, I know, <laughs> what does your ideal perfect day look like? Um, waking up, just you know, doing what I love doing. Like doing what I do now, I think is just knowing that I'm doing the best that I can for that day. It just makes me feel really happy with myself and lit up. Nice. What's the best advice you've ever gotten and then listened to? Best advice I've ever gotten. Um, there's a quote that I would, that I'm going to read actually that I think is, is very uh, close to the advice that I, that I, think is the best advice I've ever given. It is worse to stay where one does not belong at all than to wander about lost for a while and looking for the psychic and soulful kinship one requires. And I'll repeat that again. It is worse to stay where one does not belong at all than to wander about lost for a while and looking for the psychic and soulful kinship one requires. And for that, for, for me, that means, you know, although I may not look perfect on the outside, uh, I guess that's probably another one. They don't compare, you know, the outside to what's really going on on the inside. You only know what your soul craves and desires. And as long as you're listening to that, continue to follow that. You may seem lost. You may look lost, but keep on listening to the voice of that soul because it will eventually pay off. Mm, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So where and when were you the happiest? Right now. Mm, love that. What is your favorite beauty ritual? Um, don't really have many. I would say uh, face cream or hand creams right now. What is your favorite book? Women Who Run With the Wolves. And do you have a favorite song? Tom's Diner by Suzanne Vega. Beautiful. Well, Christine, this has been so fun and I'm so glad that we've been able to open up everyone to you and your work and I'm so excited to see all of the really cool things that you're doing and just to be part of your life you're so amazing thank you so much for stopping by Wonderland thank you so much for having me in Wonderland bye everybody thanks for listening take care Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation. And like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook, so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.